Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many it is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021 Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself, and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the wellness breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. This is Primalista Gator and this is Primal Alternative Podcast. You're listening to the Primal Alternative Podcast. Inspiration for your evolution. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Primal Alternative Podcast. Today I have got a super special guest to help me celebrate the 100th edition of the Primal Alternative Podcast. I am joined today by Gita Mathias, also known as Primalist Gita, and she is going to share her story with us today. So we're going to find out how Gita transformed her Hashimoto's weight gain, lack of energy, and lethargy with a paleo diet, how she lost 10 kilos, felt better, had more energy, and got her thyroid antibodies down. We're going to talk about food culture and how where you're from plays a big part in what you should be eating. And we're also going to share Gita's philosophy around where, why there is a place for everything in your diet. So Gita lives in Sydney with her amazing husband, Brian. Hi, Brian. And she also has three beautiful children who are all now adults. She's very passionate about her work in the field of diversity education, and she loves traveling. It's such an honor to have Gita on the show. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode and let's dive into the show. Oh, seriously, Gita, I am so honored that you have made time at the end of a busy working day to be my guest of honor on the 100th Primal Alternative podcast. Welcome. Thank you, H. The honor is mine. I'm I'm excited to be on your podcast. And I know a little bit about your story, and it's such an interesting one, and I really can't wait wait to share it today. But before we dive into that, tell us what you had for breakfast. Um, what, what did I have for breakfast? Uh, I had so um, a smoothie with uh, – so I'm doing the fat loss protocol, the changing – habits fat loss protocol so that's why i've been on a very limited um (laughs) limited foods so this is my smoothie for the mornings 
Um, it's one orange uh, kale, a handful of kale leaves, uh, uh, half a lemon, the whole lemon, no, not the pale, but the lemon, um, mint, ginger, baby spinach, a handful of baby spinach, and with some eyes and visit up, and that's my breakfast. Wow. Is it delicious? It is delicious, especially today. It's been, it's really, it's raining and muggy and hot and it was delicious and refreshing. Mm, sounds awesome. It sounds so good. Now, everybody who has come to this way of uh, living, whether it's, you know, we call it paleo or primal or ancestral or low carb or keto, um, you know, has had some kind of health journey. So I'd love if you could tell us um, a little bit about your health journey and what brought you to this weird way of eating. Um, well, uh, it all started with with my, uh, this was about 12 years ago. Uh, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, um, uh, that is underactive thyroid. And of course, the there was weight gain associated and um, lack of energy and um, just just lethargic and things like that. So, uh, of course, I was concentrating mainly on the weight gain. Um, funnily enough, I came to paleo through a low-carb diet, which is a mainstream low-carb diet. So my hairdresser had lost a lot of weight, and she told me about this low-carb diet, which was um, your usual um, it was low carb, but also low fat, and uh, you had to have a lot of um, low carb protein bars, and that was part of the diet. And um, so the the discount vitamin shop where I used to go to shop for these bars, there was a naturopath there, Kate True. And she used to run free uh, weight loss workshops. So I went to one of her workshops and she had an offer for an eight-week weight loss program, which I joined. And she didn't call it paleo, but it was basically for eight weeks to eliminate grains, dairy, and it was very simple, whole foods, um, meal plans. So, you know, you're protein and vegetables and fruit and um, I felt so much better. I In eight weeks, I lost about 10 kilos. Um, I felt better. My energy was up. My skin was clear. And of course, she didn't call it paleo though. <laughs> mm. And subsequently, I um, the, the main the way I know it helped my thyroid was my antibodies, which were before I did this diet, um, this weight loss protocol, my antibodies, uh, my thyroid antibodies, which were shown as more than 1,000. So once it crosses 1,000, they don't give you a number. I had mm. come down to 450 in eight weeks. So wow. that was my... Yes. <laughs> and of course, then, you know, because it made me feel so much better, I looked into it. And then um, this was 2012. And 
I just um, I started following some bloggers and um, got some books and um, and that's how my paleo journey started. So from the so essentially kind of like a gosh I guess you were running on on protein bars if it was low carb and yes. low fat right and to be yes doing that, that's right yeah and to be doing that with you know protein bars which essentially are well they're not they're not oh. vital are they they're not whole food so no. to be it must no. have, it must have been just such a relief to be able to eat delicious whole foods and get all of these amazing results and have such a essentially a transformation in such a short space of time so once you'd done that and you found out a little bit more about paleo did you then decide to go autoimmune paleo and and what was that like yeah that was further down the line so I I like I said I started following some bloggers and one of the main blogger was um, Sarah Ballantyne with the the paleo mom Mm-hmm. and uh, listened to their podcasts. Uh, she and Stacey taught, uh, she used to be paleo parents, but now she's um, the real food blog. Uh, so we, I started, you know, listening to their blog and Diane San Filippo, who, whose book, whose uh, book Practical Paleo was the first book I got. Um, and, and it was, yes, I, I, when she released her first book, The Autoimmune Protocol, that's when I um, became interested because, I mean, to tell you honestly, the, the basic paleo really helped me anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the autoimmune paleo, but I used to still, I wasn't, like there were certain things I would get joint pain and I didn't know what, you know. Uh, it was not, nothing major. Like I, my energy was fine and my weight was stable. So it, it, there was nothing major, mm. but at the same time, I knew there was, I could do more. Um, and when the book was first released, I got it and then I followed it. And again, my um, antibodies, coming back to my antibodies, they came down further. So that was my, and my joint pain. And I realized it was the tomatoes and the nightshade. Not the chilies, luckily, because I'm from Indian background, so not the chilies, but tomatoes, capsicum were my main culprits who were, that was giving me joint pain. So, um, yeah, I, I really, um, I did it for, I've done it twice, like an AIP reset, and every time it's uh, it, it just brings brings you back to the baseline basically you know your body gets rid of all your toxins and um yeah so that's how i came into aip and um i'm really interested um with me the thing is i firmly believe the nutrition like subsequently not initially i was very dogmatic about the paleo and you know you can't have grains you can't have even at that time, no rice, no potatoes, and, you know, you're all the gray foods, what it's called. But that was the beginning of paleo anyway, and that's how it was. Everything was very strict. It you was, wasn't it? It was, so, <laughs> it was so black and white. And if you put something yes. on and called it paleo and, you know, you'd use yes. something that wasn't, you know, within that black and white thing, everyone would criticize you. And re- it was really like the paleo police were out en masse, weren't they? Exactly. The it was horrible. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but now, you know, when, when you hear and it, I'm really, like I said, I, I believe it's your, um, the food culture, the food history, the, you know, your background really big, plays a big part. So for example, like coming from India, you know, we, and I'm from a North Indian community. Mm. So even though I, we lived in the Western, um, I'm from Mumbai or Bombay, as it was called when I left India. Mm. Uh, it is uh, it's the West part, but our communities, the North Indian communities. So there's a big difference between different communities, what their staple grain is. And our staple grain was wheat, you know, is wheat, not was, is, is wheat. <laughs> so I grew up with your rotis and chapatis and naans, not naans so much because naans you only eat at restaurants, but you know, your whole meal, whole meal rotis. And um, so I, I, I really believe, again, you know, as, as more and more people are getting aware of the gut health and what role that plays, I feel there is there is a place for everything because you the genetics really play a big part in it in in your food and the just the history of food and I think it's um, just for an example just giving it a, like while we growing up we every summer every family would buy whole wheat. Uh, we would all, and they would all come with, you know, little impure, like stones and things like that. So the whole family had to sit and uh, clean out all the, you know, the stones and the dirt from the whole weight. Then you would take it to the uh, mill and get it ground in front of your eyes. So wow. there was nothing. It was pure, you know. Um, you would even um, actually put it out in the sun. So uh, for the for the elements to do its part basically mm-hmm. and then you take it and then you grind it and then you bring the flour and then you you know once the 10 kilos are finished and then you do a fresh, ba- a fresh batch and get fresh flour so but and there there was no supermarkets or you wouldn't get ready flour you can't you couldn't just go and buy flour and this is, I'm talking 1992. It's not like I'm to- not talking, you know, ancient times. This is 1992 <laughs> when we left India. That was still the thing, you know. Very few shops, they might, they just started packaged flour. But other than that, every family, there was a tradition, you do this. Uh, but now, nobody does it. Like when I go back to it, it's really sad. Nobody does it. They, 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 everyone goes to the supermarket, picks up a pack of flour and comes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think, yeah, uh, uh, if again, going back to, uh, I wish we could keep somehow, I know we are not living in those times, but if we could maintain some of those traditions and you know, there was things, um, like your lentils and chickpeas, we, if we had to eat the next day, you would soak it the previous night mm-hmm. and then cook them. Whereas now I can't tolerate, and my goal is to heal my gut so I can have those things. You know, so not those are not technically paleo, but I would love to just honor my food culture and go back to what I grew up with. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it, and I think that there's there's a key part there, isn't there? Is uh, what you say, Gita, about everything having a, you know, there's a place for everything, and that our background. Yes 
plays a big part in it. I remember going to see a naturopath really like years ago, like pre-kids, and she said to me, you know, that I'm from the northeast of England, so really what I should be eating is fish from the sea and I would probably have had quite a lot of oats because they grow there and uh, wheat as well grows there and that's right lots of root vegetables like turnip and um swede and pumpkin and potatoes because that's what is is so native to that part of the world and what my ancestors would have eaten but then you go on to paleo and you start cooking everything in coconut oil and you have coconut yogurt and coconut cream and there definitely wasn't yes. any coconut trees uh in the north of england when i <laughs> when i was growing up but we, we we disregard it and then you know i ended yes. up having a digestive issue related to the amount of coconut consumption and then yes. you take back to what you're talking about gita it all makes sense you think well i haven't actually evolved to eat coconut so why am I eating it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, the, the funny you mentioned coconut. The first thing I um, introduced back, like I said, this um, the um, changing habits protocol is very restrictive. And then you start reintroducing, including fats. The first fat I reintroduced was coconut oil. And I had the biggest bloat. I couldn't believe it. Like my stomach was bloated up like a balloon. And I couldn't go ahead with that. So, you know, there you go. Like I, like you, I had started having so much coconut oil and uh, uh, coconut, you know, everything. <laughs> so would you, would you I, have I not suspect- have like been, you know, brought up in, in Bombay? Would you have yeah. cooked more in ghee? Is that what you would have yes. used? Yes. Yes, ghee. And, um, of course, by the time I grew up, um, we had started going to hydrogenated fats, which was yeah. like ghee. You know, it was de- ghee was demonized, and um, it was yeah. No, it was not in not in fashion. Um, and everyone said, "Oh no, you'll you'll die of heart attack if you oh, yeah. heart disease if you get the eat ghee." And yeah, we, things had started changing when I was growing up. So we had gone to I remember either hydrogenated fat. I remember the uh, brand was called Dalda or Dalda mm-hmm. and um, and oil. But but then again, the oils at those times were um, made with traditional methods and we, we call the, you know, the cold pressed oils. Yeah. They, they, we still hadn't gone to the machine produced, um, mass produced oil. So that was still... We were using uh, cold pressed oil. They didn't call it cold pressed oil because that's all you got, really. Yes, that's right. That's how it was made. That's how it was made. And you know, that's right. And likewise for us, we cooked it a lot in lard, and we used to have um, a chip pan that just lived in the cupboard under the um, stove top with beef tallow in that we used to fry our chips in. That was delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yum, it's so yeah. good. Like, really, you know, could my dad used to have a veggie patch, like he'd grow the potatoes so there wasn't any glyphosate on them. Um, it was all yes. organically done. He had a compost heap. So he used to dig up the potatoes and we cooked them in beef tallow. How can it not be good for you? It just makes me my mouth water exactly. just thinking about it. I know, <laughs> thinking about it, yes. <laughs> and it's really only yeah. in the last couple of generations where – everything has gone wrong. Glyphosate's coming in 1974. Canola was developed. We've moved to all of, we've demonized 
the good That's stuff right. that we've eaten for years and then embrace this new weird stuff that it's not serving. That's us. right. But even now it's like everything's becoming superfood, you know, like all these things like coconut oil. You go to south of India, that's all they cook in, the southern part of the India. They cook in coconut oil, you know, and um, uh, coconut oil, ghee, uh, you know, turmeric, and everything's becoming superfood, but then it's not in context, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you said, like not everyone's grown up with ghee. So... Mm. I've introduced it back because I claim that's uh, my superfood, really. <laughs> mm. But um, it's not. Yeah, and it used to be like every household again, where they used to get full fat raw milk. Um, so every you know you ha- you had to because it was not pasteurized, you had to boil it and refrigerate it, and you would get this thick cream thick layer of cream mm. which every household they used to we used to collect it we collected the cream collected the cream then you would um uh, what do you call it? not ferment it you put a little bit of yogurt to yes ferment it and then you would churn it to get butter and then you would make ghee out of that or you would have pure white butter wow. so, and again with rotis you just put you know, <laughs> you make fresh rotis, put a dollop of butter or for breakfast, you would tear up the roti, put the butter and some sugar and that was your breakfast. But we, you know, nothing happened. Like we were all healthy and my family was healthy. And um, it's just, I think, the pure, unadulterated food. You know? Yes, as it as it's meant to be in its whole form, you know, like raw milk yeah. with, with a layer of fat on the top. I was just telling Millie the story the other day, actually, because we saw a milk tanker coming out of a dairy farm and yes. Millie was asking how did, you know, how, what, how it all worked and I was explaining it to her and it did sound a bit silly, really, when you think about it. <laughs> and I was saying when we were little, we used to have a milkman that used to come around and he'd deliver our milk in glass bottles with a little like foil top and it would go on to yes. the um, doorstep and the layer of cream would be on the top. And that, you were so lucky if you got to open the bottle That's of right. milk because you got the cream. And then sometimes the little yes. the little birds in the winter, because they were starving, they'd come and peck open the top of the milk bottle and, <laughs> and drink the cream. <laughs> it was so yes. cute. It was so cute. Yeah. So we've, we've all got lovely, you know, when we think back of, to our childhood you know, like the clues to optimal nutrition were there and then we've kind of like veered off track and found our way. But what I'd love to talk about now, Geeta, is your, fam- is your family. So you and Brian, yes. uh, your, your husband, have got three amazing kids. So tell us a little bit about yes. how it, it's been um, adopting a paleo diet with a family and have you got any tips for how to get, you know, kids to eat a paleo way of life? Um. So when I started eating this way, like, you know, cooking, basically, uh, the kids were still young. They were home. Uh, none of them live at home now. They all gone their separate way. Uh, but I didn't call it paleo. I didn't make a big fuss about it. It was just um, I, I started cooking. Like pre-paleo, I, we used to, for convenience, we used to have um, – a lot of packaged foods, you know, uh, your frozen foods, which just your typical um, fish fingers and pies. They are not big fans of pies anyway, pies or fish fingers, but there would be always something in the freezer to 
for those days when you don't have the time, you just pull out something and uh, do it. And um, I've always cooked Indian meals and Indian meals by themselves. If you're cooking from scratch, it's, you know, it's paleo. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I did make a big fuss about it. And um, I think that's the main thing. Like if you tell your kids you're, you're changing things and then it's hard. Uh, I guess depends on where the starting point is, like where the families are at before they start going paleo. Uh, I would say making small changes first and making delicious alternatives. You know, uh, uh, I didn't uh, like as far as gluten and um, dairy goes, I, di- I wasn't uh, very strict with them. Um as in they could have what they wanted, but it was it was making delicious meals, basically, and not telling them this is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think, and also bringing them on the journey too, like make, helping them to make the decisions. And um, I used to always give them a choice, like, what, what do you want me to cook? And, like there, there would be two or three choices, but the, I would recommend, I would give them the choice and they could choose from that. Like they couldn't tell me what they wanted. Yeah. No, I, I would. Good you know, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, that way they, the kids feel like, yes, they, they, they have a say in what is being cooked for them. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I think you have to be clever. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess, you know, like it depends on the, the gluten and the dairy-free um, angle part yes. of it. It depends on what you're dealing with. So, I mean, if your kids yes. are just pretty easy-going, healthy kids then in, and they're fine with a bit of gluten and dairy, then that's, that's fine. Right. You know, you don't make, right. need to make that's it harder right. than necessary, right? No, exactly, exactly. And, and like, um, and they have, you know, touch with their all healthy there's no you know they have no major issues or not even minor they they have no health issues and uh, um, and but even though i didn't like i said i didn't say oh we are we are all paleo we are a paleo family or we eat only paleo i know the choices they make they they won't go to your fast food they, they don't eat mcdonald's or kfc or you know they, they they'll go to the cafe and they'll look for salads and salad bowls and even if they're having um, uh, breakfast they'll have, they'll go for up for sourdough bread you know things like that mm-hmm. like uh, my um, my middle one Sasha she is she's um, got this sourdough culture which is um, the mother which she has done uh, she started about five years ago. And she makes amazing sourdough bread and bagels and um, scrolls and you know so she's a good baker like and it, it and they can tolerate it so why not it's, why it's not good. like I said it's absolutely exactly. you know but it's yeah a of but life, then she'll buy it? organic flour exactly she'll buy organic flour she knows that you know uh, like. Actually, I get it for her. <laughs> so I tell her, you know, see, this is, again, she's, an, she's 27 years old. But 
I know that for convenience, she'll just go and buy any flour from the supermarket. But when I when I shop, I say, do, do you need flour? You know, when, when I shop wholesale for a primal alternative business, I, I just order organic flour for her, which is then she it's convenient for her. Then uh, the next time I'll say, do you need anything? And she says, oh, mom, can you get me that flour? You know, <laughs> so it, it, she's open to it, it without being, like I said, without saying we have changed our way of eating. They make good choices because of what, what I've been, you know, giving them and yeah so that's what your your influence that. and your support which really is all that's correct and just that's hot. correct <laughs> just think that, that's correct that yeah. they make good <laughs> you know and and it we yes, they, like they do bread, yes you know you can just there's bread yes. and bread you know you can get a crappy loaf from the supermarket that's full of whatever yes. or you can make your own with an that's amazing right. culture that you've developed yourself over five years with organic flour it's mm. it's like com- exactly it's not comparing the same thing at all is it no no that's right that's right and you know yeah so no i think they've they you know they've um, they've grown with it so again like i said because you don't make a big fuss you don't, you're not telling them you're eating anything different you just it becomes part of their food choices, you know, that's what they've grown up with. I mean, it's been 10 years now, so uh, not 10 years, eight years, eight years. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I brought them along the journey. Wonderful. That's awesome. I'm sure there's some good tips in there for all the parents out there. Now let's talk about <laughs> your going from bread. It's an obvious um, segue into your Primal Alternative business. Now you've been with Primal Alternative for three years. Three years, oh. yes, three years. I was and number thirteen to sign up. <laughs> when is it? When's your actual primaversary day? Have we passed it? It's December, isn't it? No, it's. Um, I think it's January actually. Like oh, December is when we we anyway. Yeah, sometime now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it will it will come up and we'll um we'll celebrate the actual day. But yeah, what I'd love to do is for you to talk about your primal alternative business and just a little bit about. Um, you know, how you came across it and why you decided to get involved because you already have a proper job that you're very passionate about in the diversity um, education field. So tell us a little bit about how your, um, yeah, I guess your side hustle uh, is is going yes. and, and why you wanted to do it. Well, um, since, you know, when, when, when I transitioned to paleo way of eating, uh, really whole foods way of eating it was um it, it was hard in those like i started this in 2011 2012 which is you know at that time there wasn't much ready paleo foods at all um and it everything had to be made from scratch and uh, it is hard um and it's been like, like you said my day job was um, in disability education, but um, I was always interested. I said, when I finish here, I want to have a food business, a whole foods business. Like I didn't know what, I didn't know how I'm going to do it because I don't have a business background or I've never had, you know, leave alone a food business, but that was my dream. And then in 2012, actually, end of 2012, um, the, my job uh, was re- made redundant and I didn't have a job. 
And I looked up at opening a paleo, at that time, paleo, the paleo cafe was, it was a franchise. And I looked at that and then it was too hard and, you know, but it was always there. It was that burning thing in me to say, I need, I have to, one day I want to do something with paleo food or whole foods business um, till, um, but of course, then I got another job and it's it's full time. And so everything was, you know, the kids were younger, they were at school or still at home. So I couldn't really change my career. And I came across three years back, I came across your this Instagram feed, um, your for the primal alternative. I must say my primal alternatives are primal alternative. And when when I uh, when I saw the you know I looked up, I went to your website, and when I saw the model, and I said, "Oh, this is this is perfect. This is this will be a good transition um, from like I don't have to think about how I'm going to do the business or what I'm going to do. All I know is I want to do something with food." And this is everything's there, ready. I don't have to think about anything, or you know, um, it just it just sounded the right thing. And I'm not a risk taker at all. But I think the very that same day, I I, I might have pressed something um, interest. I, I don't know. I I can't remember exactly the word how it was. But I did um, contact you and made an appointment. And I still remember I was going to a meeting and I was sitting in the car park and um, talking to you <laughs> in the car. <laughs> and my colleagues who were going for the same meeting, they were they could see me in the car, but I was busy talking and they were seeing, I was all animated and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was a few minutes late to the meeting. But yeah, and I just, I think, on the spot made up my mind this is it this is this i've found what i've been looking for it's a good transition time you know um, transition period i could do this while still um working in my um uh, in education which like you said it's, it's my passion um and since then you know the, even in these three years i've had some changes i i was full-time i went part-time last year and then um I'm going full time again next year, um, which you don't know, but it's just happened uh, very yeah, recently. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm, and I'm going full full time because I won't. I will be working through the school holidays too. So I have yeah. to. But uh, I know uh, primal alternative such a flexible. Um, I can get uh, you know tailor it to the way I want to do it, and um, and that's the beauty of it. And it's just. And the whole purpose is uh, in these three years, it's, it's just serving the community and those people, you know, supporting the people who really want to adopt this way of life, um, uh, food, st- food lifestyle, to, who are on their health journey, who want to, you know, I want everyone to f- feel the same benefits that I got out of this food choices so just making things convenient for them and i just feel it's my way of um, contributing to the everyone's health journeys you know the messages we get sometimes it's just um 
how it's helped them. I, oh, you know, this, I got a message. It was really beautiful from a nurse. And she said, thank you so much for, I've lost, I, I can't remember, I think 20 kilos or something. Wow. And she, say, she, she said, it was, you know, being a nurse and being doing shifts, um, it just, this, these uh, primal alternative products just make, made things so much easier for me to lose so much weight and also for my, you know, to improve my health. And so things like that, it's just, um, I, that's what gives the joy and, uh, and just the satisfaction. And that was why I joined and I know I made the right decision. No, I know that we, uh, you and I hit it off as soon. <laughs> I've just got this picture yes. of you, your colleagues going, you know, scratching their head, thinking, <laughs> doing? you you all animated in the car talking into yes. your phone. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and I know we had, um, we had another chat and you were like, can I give you a quick ring? And I was like, oh, well, I'm just in the middle of a henna hair application, if you don't mind. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So we, it's just yeah, like we just had some questions. Yeah, yeah we just yeah yes. some questions, and we, um, you know, because that was like you know back in two thousand and well end of two thousand and seventeen. So really, it was the first That's year right. Primal Alternative had been going. So there was you know there wasn't as much information out there as there is now. Like so, you, you had to do a bit more digging right. to get answers to your That's questions. But um, yeah, I remember it was a lot of fun. And gosh, you know, over this last three years, Gita, how much fun have we had? I mean. Like oh, I've been to so your much. house twice and hosted yes. two like um, information sessions where we've invited potential primalistas from the Sydney yes. area around to your place. We've had other primalistas there. We've been to wellness um, wellness summit events, yeah. the wellness summit, and then um, in Kayama. Where else have we been? We've been everywhere. Uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Two, two, two wellness summits in, in Melbourne, and um, yeah, I was hoping one day I'll come to Perth and you know to to you, but maybe soon. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows what's happening um, in the world in 2021? That's but yeah, right. it's been lots of fun. You've got to cook for some major paleo influences out there um and it's been such a buzz just doing stuff that you know like your reason for starting primal alternative you know is helping and and contributing and helping people's lives be easier which is just just feels so fulfilling but to get the feedback and then to have all these other experiences as well is well it's just sort of it's icing on the cake isn't it (laughs) it is it is and 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 you know, just uh, uh, I mean, it's, um, just the whole community of our primal primalistas and primal mister now. Mm-hmm. Um, we it, it's just so it, it's like a it, it's a true sisterhood, isn't it? That's uh like we we support each other, and everyone is looking out for each other, and it's just it's. The whole experience is just, it's not just about a business. It's, it's just an experience. I, I find it very fulfilling. Not just a business, it's an experience. That's going to be my next Insta quote card. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that. That's a really, really good one. And yes. it's so true, you know, and a lot of people say when they come to the interview with me is that, you know, they're really looking for people who get it, 
Because when you eat this way, yes. there's a lot of people that don't get it and you get teased, you know, for the way yes. that you eat and, and people don't understand yes. why you want to do it. And it's nice to be in a community of people that share the same values around food and get it. Um, so, yeah, it's very much a, an awesome yes, community. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yes. I agree. And, of course, having an awesome, uh, awesome founder like you who's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just you just look after us. It's just, just, like I said, it's like a family, I feel, you know. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I basically <laughs> move on to my, <laughs> my final three questions, which are <laughs> what does Primalista Gita think about the three great areas? And I know you've already given us a bit of an insight into your food philosophy, but what is Primalista Gita's sure. personal opinion about coffee, alcohol, and chocolate? Coffee, alcohol, and chocolate. So um, <laughs> I think if it if it agrees, I get for every food, that's my basic philosophy. If it if your body can tolerate it, if you enjoy it, go for it. So I'm not actually out of the three. Chocolate's my you know, main, um, I would say, indulgence. Um, but again, a good quality, a dairy-free, of course, not, not your, you know, supermarket off the shelf, but really good quality chocolate and is the, why not? Uh, I indulge in that. Um, I haven't done it in two months. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, alcohol, I can't, I can't take alcohol. Like I, I can't tolerate one glass of wine is the maximum I can have. So, and I, yeah, an occasional wine I enjoy, but if, if you can handle it, if you can, if your body tolerates it, if it likes it, why not? I, and same with the coffee. I'm, I'm not a coffee person. I, um, I have once a day, I would have one cup of coffee, but I'm, you know, that's, I think, more out of habit. Uh, I do enjoy a good good coffee once in a way, but um, it depends again. And uh, there's so much reason, like, first there was, it's um, the coffee, there was, uh, everyone was saying, no, it's, it's not good for you, but now they say, no, it's good for you because it's got all the fear, you know, the antioxidants and all that sort of a thing. So, it's 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 a personal choice and i have nothing against the three they are all good yes i like that philosophy that's very cool gita thank you so much for being such an awesome guest like i said at the beginning it's an honor to celebrate your third primiversary and also the 100th primal alternative podcast so thank you so much for your time today thanks helen the honor is mine it was lovely chatting to you If you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious, honest food, help more people, be part of a supportive community, and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.